Grow CFO is where finance leaders grow together. Join thousands of like-minded professionals using Grow CFO to access the combined knowledge and experience of the finance leader community. You can join us today at growcfo.net. Hello and welcome to the Grow CFO show. Today, I've got Jimmy Vasilis with me, who is the brand new CFO to Santivet, insurance tech in the pet insurance industry. And we're going to talk about Jimmy's journey to that new CFO role and talk to Jimmy about what makes a good CFO and the challenges that he's facing going into that insure tech world. So welcome to the show, Jimmy. Thank you very much. Pleased to be here. Jimmy, that doesn't sound like a, an English accent. I know you're sitting in London, but that says that your career started somewhere else. It did indeed. I am Canadian. Although I've been in the UK for about 17 years, I haven't lost my Canadian accent. So yeah, I was born in uh, Montreal and started off my career in Montreal. Ah, so what brought you to the UK? I was working for Autodesk at the time, and they offered me the opportunity to transfer to London for a 10-month assignment, uh, replacing somebody who went on maternity leave. She never came back, and I never left. Reminds me of moments in my career. I remember my, my very first assignment in Cooper's Lybrand, where um, I started talking to a director on a project in the Ministry of Defence, because I was coming in from the chemical industry. Very first role in Cooper's. Kevin, we're doing something about capital spares with the army. You've done that in, in your last job, haven't you? Come and join us till Easter. Problem was, I forgot to ask Alan which Easter, and suddenly I was no longer a consultant with a commercial background. I was now a consultant with a public sector and defence background. Wonderful how these things happen purely by accident. Absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, so to get to that Autodesk role though, in the first place, Jimmy, then there must have been something that went before that. Yes. So I am a Canadian chartered accountant. I started off my career in a medium-sized accounting firm, uh, and it was good because you you kind of saw the whole audit from soup to nuts, and then moved on to Deloitte, and uh, Deloitte to Montreal, and that was an absolutely fabulous experience, and I really enjoyed my time there. What was interesting at the time, they they kind of made you choose like like you're in university, you have to have a major and a minor focus. Mm -hmm. So my major was high tech telecom and my minor was real estate. I really enjoyed high tech and telecom. I did not really enjoy real estate. So I stayed and my entire career thereafter was in high tech. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So high tech, that that obviously drew you out of Deloitte. Yes. What sort of level were you in Deloitte when you you made the jump into industry? I was uh I think audit manager at the time. Yeah. And then I got a call from Autodesk and I entered Autodesk in Montreal as a project manager in their internal audit department. And I remember at the time I was really conflicted because I didn't necessarily want to continue auditing, but in a company, I wanted to do something different. And so I wasn't going to take that role. But then when I was speaking to my, my future manager at the time in Autodesk, he mentioned to me that it's such a great way to get to know a company from all angles. And I would travel to different offices and see every aspect of the company as I perform these audits. 
And I said, I thought to myself, what a great way to get to know a company really in depth. And so I took the role as an internal auditor. And exactly as he mentioned, I traveled the world and I saw every bit of that company. And I learned so much about Autodesk. And that role, actually, when I moved out of internal audit, just made me a better finance professional because I had seen so many parts of the company that you wouldn't normally get to see if you just went into a traditional finance role. Yeah, that's another big parallel between you and I. And I qualified with BDO, which I suppose were the equivalent because we really were a, a local office that BDO had taken over in Newcastle and Tyne in England, qualified there and moved into ICI, the former chemicals conglomerate in the UK, for younger listeners, they'll not know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, it was uh, probably one of the biggest companies in the UK at the time. I, I joined ICI Agricultural Division in internal audit and, late, and moved very shortly afterwards into what they called the corporate audit group. And like you, I saw so many different aspects of the company and got to, to find out so much about it before moving into a, a more traditional line finance role. Yeah. So I guess that was your next move. Yes, and that's exactly right. And then I, I moved from a that internal audit, and I was in the FP&A department of a division. And I was there for a couple of months, and then they approached me and they said, you know, do you want to move to the UK and partner this this one team, uh, one division in the UK, in in London and Soho, and it's for ten months. And I'm like, I, I absolutely have to do this. I mean, it was a horizontal move. It wasn't a promotion. It was just a horizontal move. And I, and I said, I think the, just the experience of, of working for 10 months in the UK would do me so much you know, good and, and the experience would be fantastic. So I jumped at it. And then when the lady never came back in terms of maternity and they offered me to stay, it just proved to be like the, the catalyst for my, the rest of my career, to be frank. And I got a lot of international experience and then... From there, I just moved quite a bit horizontally. And I remember at the time, I was, you know, so eager for a promotion just to go doing the same job, but, you know, become senior manager and become director. And I remember at the time I was speaking to my manager at Autodesk, who is now the current CFO of Autodesk. And she gave me some fantastic advice. And she said, you know, if you move horizontally and not focus on that, you know, title change, You'll learn so much more and you'll get a breadth of experience that'll serve you later in, in life, in your career. And I did that. And I did a series of horizontal moves, partnering different aspects, different divisions, different, different leaders and departments. And I ended up in my 17 years just covering probably every geography, every possible financial role at Autodesk. And I just feel like I'm a better professional for having not really chased that linear promotion and just looked at horizontal moves. And That's it's really interesting because yeah. I can think of a, a few people that have come along and, and chatted to me looking for advice. I've quite often given the same one that says, yeah, look, a horizontal move like that's going to give you a load more experience. But there's been a huge amount of reluctance because there's no promotion. There's no big pay packet. There's no fancy job title. And I've come across an awful lot of folk who want to move up the ladder very, very quickly. Yes. Would you say trying to move up the ladder too quickly is a mistake? I think you can get caught in a trap of thinking 
that's how you accelerate your career. And I think there are instances of individuals who have a long experience, a lot of years of experience, but in fact, when you probe, they have, they've been doing the same thing for many years, but just different levels. So when I look at you know, hiring people on my team, it's really the breadth of experience and, and the different views that they've encountered during their career that is of interest to me, rather than somebody who's been effectively doing the same type of job for many, many years. And I think yeah. that's one of the traps that people do fall into. Uh, and certainly one, one thing we've seen in growth CFOs, we're talking to a, a lot of new CFOs, is the breadth of experience that you need when you get to that level. And we, we've got the growth CFO competency framework where there are nine competencies, there's five skills in each, and people constantly evaluate themselves across the, across the 45. Hmm. And very, very few folk are coming out with, with good rounded scores across all 45. So it's very difficult to have all of those things you need. And the CFO role can pull you in so many different directions. Yes, and I think... What I found over my career, and as I've become a CFO and I've talked to peers and, and talked to recruiters as well as, as you kind of evolve your career, the number one complaint that I, I've heard from CEOs and board of directors are that CFOs are, are great financial controllers. Like there's one person that they have are great financial controllers. They can maintain like the, the traditional finance aspects, accounts payable, accounts receivable, you know, producing the financial statements and the the annual audit but where they fail is that business support that business partnering because they haven't seen different aspects or they haven't been exposed to different aspects yes. of, of the business and so what ends up happening is that you know they normally focus on what they're comfortable with which is your traditional accounting role and avoid or somehow don't excel in that area where CEOs absolutely need that support and it's it's around that business partnering. It's around, you know, talking about strategy, talking about the next move, really articulating and helping the CEO evangelize the mission and the goals that is part of a CFO role that's now indis indispensable. And I think when you don't have that breadth of knowledge, you have to work harder at getting it when you become a CFO and, and forcing yourself to to make sure that you partner at that level. So yeah, I think the horizontal move and, and just the, the constant learning and exposing to different aspects of an industry or a business just served me well uh, when I became a CFO. Mm. So, Jimmy, the thing that strikes me unusual about your CV is the length of time that you spent in that, that one organization moving up to the final of FD, finance director? Yes, finance director of a subsidiary that they acquired up in Birmingham, actually. Yeah. Well, so I think about the time I spent at Autodesk, it was 17 years, but it doesn't seem like 17 years because every couple of years I had a brand new role in finance, but a different role, partnering different parts of the business, working with different people, having different managers and different leaders supporting me. And that change, that every two years, two and a half years change, just kept it refreshing. And I was always learning. So when you're learning and you're doing something different and you're really working with different people and partnering with different people, 17 years actually flies by rather yeah. quickly. Yeah. 
that's 17 years all in Autodesk. When you've moved on to, to CFO roles, first in Zappi and now DeSantivet, into different companies, slightly different industries, do you regret that previous 17 years not having seen more than one organization? Um, no, actually, because I think Autodesk was such a great experience because they allowed me to see almost every aspect of of finance and really you know sharpen my skills around from controllership to business partnering to being a finance director of a subsidiary covering everything from finance and tax and and uh, operations at some point so no I, I don't regret it because it really exposed me to almost you know best in class processes and how to approach things but of course when you go from a very large you know corporation like a public nasdaq listed corporation like autodesk to a small a smaller company that is you know vc backed you can't necessarily work the same way right suddenly i'm i'm dealing with board members directly and uh, founder ceos that have you know quite passionate views about their company and different views about how, how finance should function you do need to tweak your approach to it so i think i tapped into everything that I learned at Autodesk and then tweaked it for the environment that I'm in. Because you know you, you can't have the same level of processes that you have in a public company in a small, agile tech company that, that really wants to scale and grow. So you do have to tailor how you, you, you approach the situations. Yeah. So you got to finance director in a subsidiary at Autodesk. Yes. And you've been there for 17 years. So the flip side of my question was 17 years too long. It's kind of, after 17 years, why did you leave? Oh, well, so my goal, when this subsidiary, when it was purchased, my mandate was to make sure that uh, it got ready to get integrated. It was quite a large subsidiary. It was, the, at the time, I think the biggest acquisition it made, out of this made. And it was about just making sure it was getting it ready for the ultimate integration into into Autodesk into the the kind of all systems and processes of Autodesk, and I was successful at that. And after four years, completely integrated it, and therefore they did not need a finance director of a subsidiary that's fully integrated. And so, you know, there were opportunities for me in San Francisco where the head office was, and I think that's logically where the next move was. And I spoke to my partner at the time, and we agreed that we weren't quite ready to leave the UK. So I thought, you know, after 17 years and having completed that huge integration and been finance director of a subsidiary, it was time to kind of move on and see something different. I think it was just a, a nice kind of combination of my experience and my time at Autodesk. But I thought it was at that point time to move on and, and see something different. So you joined Zappi? Yes, I did. Yes. What does Zappi do? Zappi is a, a platform that automates market research. And so it allows insight departments and creators to really understand quickly and more economically the trends of the, their target audience. So if a company wants to launch a product or wants to launch an advert, really understanding what their target audience reacts to that product and that, uh, that advert. So they really democratized uh, market research. So that that sounds as though it's all based around uh, 
new technology. Mm-hmm. Therefore, probably involves venture capital, PE houses, and so on. Venture capital, yeah. Into a whole new world. Into a whole new world, absolutely. So what challenges did that give you? I think it's it's interesting because then the, the focus really becomes around this, you know, the CFO's focus is around cash, cash management, cash availability, and really thinking about scaling. How are you going to scale in a really in an agile and effective and efficient manner? Because everybody wants to scale and everybody wants that growth rate, but you really need a bit of discipline around evaluating the effectiveness of the investments. And so, you know, at, at Zappi, we really took a, an interesting approach around, you know, looking at each investment and really deciding, do we continue that investment? Do we amend it? Or do we, quite frankly, kill it if it's not working? So it was kind of like this kill, scale, or amend approach. And it really allowed us to be quite agile in how we deploy our resources Instead of traditionally saying, okay, you have this amount in your budget, and then at the end of the year, we look back and say, well, okay, you spent your money, but we really didn't get the results. We didn't want to work that way. We really wanted to be very agile and really capitalize on the growth where we saw it. And it gave us the spirit of testing and really trying things out. And if it worked, we'll double down on that. And if it didn't work, we changed uh, approach and, in fact, sometimes killed stuff. That that whole whole different approach, Jimmy, did that? Feel as I took you out of your comfort zone? Uh, it did and it didn't because I think naturally, you know, decisions normally, you know, founders, they, they have a gut instinct, right? And they, they, they feel the market. They, they know where they need to go. And I think my approach was not to go against that, but rather supplement it with data and then take both that intuition and that deep industry knowledge with data and then have those two complement each other so that you make a decision. And I think that has served me well. And it, I did that at Zappi. I'm doing it now at Sante Vet because, you know, the, the founders really know the business. And I don't want to be somebody who comes and says, well, the data says this and we've got to do what the data says. I think the data and that intuition and that deep industry knowledge really craft solid strategy and better decisions. Mm. So after 17 plus years, you go and join Zappi, but then very quickly, in comparison, you've moved on again. Yes. Yeah. Into another startup, into another high-tech business. So tell me all about that. So Santivet is just a really solid company. And just personally, on the move, I'm going to be moving to France and joining them in their headquarters in Lyon, France. So that personal adventure is something that I'm quite interested in. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier, just challenging myself to do something different and continue to learn. So moving to Lyon and immersing myself into a predominantly French environment is a challenge for me. I do speak French, but I've never worked so intently in France before. So so that's going to be interesting. I think Santévet is just a, a great blend of deep industry knowledge. Everyone that I've met are quite passionate and really believe in the vision of, of the company. And there is an acknowledgement of what finance can bring and has already brought because the, the finance department that that is there are quite solid and have delivered. Uh, so so my role is you know similar to Zappi and, and previously is to really help scale and really help 
enable that that scale in an effective manner. And some of the things I've learned at Autodesk and when I was FD at, at the subsidiary, as well as Zappi, I'm going to just bring that bag of tricks with me as well to Sante Vet, you know, really support an agile approach to, to investment, making sure that we do, you know, the right investment and, and always thinking about, you know, the customer, the end customer as, as the focal point. Uh, but making sure that we are investing effectively and then laying the foundations for for scale. So is this going to be scaled by acquisition or scaled by organic growth? Both. Absolutely both. And so part of the plan is the mission is to become the number one European platform for pet insurance. And the strategy and the way we're going to get there is is absolutely, I believe in it. I, I think it's Absolutely solid, but more importantly, I believe in the the leadership team, the CEO and the founders, as well as the PE firm backing it. Um, I believe that together, and this is really important when you choose a role to become CFO, and you got to look at the leadership and say, you know, can they take it to the next level? And at Santevet, I absolutely believe that they can take it to the next level, and that's that's why I ultimately joined them because I believe in in the strategy and I believe in the people. Yeah. It, so, so far, I mean, it's early days, but I, I find it absolutely amazing experience so far. So you're talking about believing in the strategy and believing in the people. To what extent do you think having a common set of values across the business is important? It's absolutely huge. And, and it does start with the leader. So those common set of values are actually really, really important because you'll never be able to achieve the strategy. And I've seen this in the past, right? Everyone not only needs to know like where they're going and what the short-term and long-term goals are, the, the key KPIs, everyone needs to know how their particular role, their particular job ladders up to that KPI, which ladders up to the vision and mission. And those the, the values that we have across the company are going to enable us to get there. And I think when the leadership team aligns with the values of the leader, then we amplify and we really evangelize those values and the missions and vision of the company. And I think everyone having that common value and understanding where we're going is ultimately how success is achieved. So I really believe that across the board, that commonality of value and the understanding of where we're going is actually fundamental to success. So as CFO and taking that your understanding of where the company is going. How does that reflect into how you're financially helping and advising the rest of your business team? It comes back to, you know, what I was saying previously. It's really around partnering, having that business partner spirit, right? It's around an approach. It's around really understanding what the needs are, providing data, you know, that's quite key, and insights. More importantly, it's not just data, but insights and analysis, but listening to what your counterpart is saying in terms of their gut feel, the customer customer response, the, the customer satisfaction, the market, the competition. It's really just taking all of that qualitative and non-qualitative, quantitative and qualitative information and putting it together and, and making the best decision possible. It's about, you know, Taking that gut and intuition that the founders have and the deep knowledge that the, that the people in the company have, supplementing it with data and analysis and coming together for 
a decision. And also, it's really just challenging, you know, my team to to not be that traditional kind of finance department, which they're not, which is great. And really having that spirit of collaboration and saying, okay, together we will find a solution to make this happen, right? So just making sure that we have that business partner mentality and giving the decision-making a foundation based on data and analysis, but in just including all aspects of knowledge you know, that we have in the company to come to a decision. So if you think back on that career as a whole, which must be approaching 25 years, Jimmy, <laughs> um, yes. what's the best piece of advice that you would give somebody that's nearer the start of that journey than the end? I think the best piece of advice that I've received and I've actually actioned is is exactly what we mentioned at the start. Titles and promotions, I mean, they're lovely, but they're not going to be what propels your career. It's really about learning and exposing yourself to as much of the business, as much of the company as possible so that you see all aspects. That's really going to propel you and set you up for success in the future. Equally, I think the, the best piece of advice as well that I received is as you go through your career and you get increasingly more responsibilities, you also have to get very comfortable being uncomfortable. And that works at many levels. Simply, you know, whether you have to have tough conversations, whether you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations, go into the unknown, <laughs> uh, different countries, different geographies, different languages really putting yourself out there because that's truly how you're going to learn both professionally and personally. And when you're growing both professionally and personally, that's when simply put you're alive, right? And you really, really enjoy what you're doing. And I think those are the two things that I would offer as advice for people starting out. Yeah. And of course, the, the flip side of that feeling uncomfortable is that you're, you're worried that you don't have enough confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're worried that you're an imposter in this CFO role because you don't know enough. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's, Absolutely. Those are the key messages that, that new CFOs are constantly telling us about in Grow CFO. Yeah. But that's super advice that says, yeah, that's actually where you should be. That's where you're going to develop. That's where you're going to learn. Yeah. And let's face it, as I said earlier, there, there are so many different aspects to the CFO role. Yes. No matter how good you are you're going to be deficient in some of them. You're going to feel uncomfortable in some of them. The only way for most of them you learn is to be there and actually get on roll your sleeves up and do it. That's exactly right. And what I found in my career, and, I, and I've been very lucky and grateful that I've had great managers, great companies that I work for. All the companies that I work for, I've, I've loved the, the team and my managers and, and the CEOs and the board that I've, I've partnered. So I'm, I'm quite appreciative and quite, you know, lucky in that respect. But ultimately, when you don't know something, and imposter syndrome is real, right? It, everyone faces that. Think you just got to allow yourself to be vulnerable and say, no, I don't know that yet, but I will. <laughs> and people really, it, that resonates with people and it makes you actually a better business partner because that really builds trust. And people see you as, okay, this, this guy is human. He's, you know, he, he, he can't know everything. And so it resonates with people just being vulnerable and being honest. Um, and then when you do 
you know, solve it and master it, everyone really recognizes it. Hey, that, you know, great job, for example. And so I would also advise just don't worry about the perception. Just allow yourself to be vulnerable. And, you know, you can't know everything. Jimmy, what's your view on mentoring? It's a must, but both ways. So I think as you, you know, you go through your career, you have to foster the, you know, and, and make sure you have a network of mentors. Also, as you're growing in your career, you have to give back. You have to become mentors to, to people also on that road. It's really a two-way street. And, and I not only love the conversations when, you know, I'm being mentored, but I adore the conversations when I'm mentoring people. And I keep in contact with my teams over the years and I just have catch-ups with them and I offer my time. I, I think it's just part of the, the cycle and really important. I must admit, I enjoy that as well. I, I spent half an hour on the phone yesterday just chatting to a guy that I used to line manage as part of 15 years ago. Still getting on like a house on fire. Still spent half the conversation talking about football, the same as we would do in a manual appraisal. <laughs> But th- that's what it's about, you know, connections and networking and making friends and just helping people along the way. It's, it's so fulfilling. Yeah. Jimmy, that has been fantastic. Thank you for joining me today on the Gross CFO Show. Thank you, Kevin. I've, uh, I've enjoyed it. <laughs>